I'm Gab. He's Jules. Uh, gray skies, sort of, over uh, over West London. Um, very much gray over Chelsea, who lose again. Although that was away at Anfield, top of the table. Yeah. Uh, we'll be we'll be talking about that in a minute because Jules, there is a ton going on. Barcelona start the post Xavi announcement era with the win. Yeah. Tottenham are up to fourth place in the table. Who'd have thunk it? I know. Um, Holland is back for City. Erling Holland back for City. Yeah. We got the Afcon. Yeah. Rolling on, I mean, <laughs> the Afghan is a fantastic, it's been a fantastic Incredible. tournament this year for the neutral, very much so. And if you're a Nigeria fan like I am, for Nigeria fans too. Big so favorites far. now, yeah, of course. Um, but let's get in, let's get into this because all right, it finished 4 1. Uh, Darwin Nunez hits the woodwork four times including a missed penalty yeah first player ever in Premier League history to hit the woodwork four times in the same game which you know if you had if you had to pick a player before the start of the season that could do that it would would be your choice yeah Um, but I was struck by one thing and and Liverpool we should say still without Mo Salah Alexander-Arnold was on the bench obviously I think it was his first game back from uh, uh, from injury first game starting yeah Um, what struck me most about it was wasn't just Chelsea with many of the same challenges that they've been facing, but the fact that Liverpool look stronger, faster, fitter, and they run more. I, I don't know. Yeah, the, but I you know knew that before thing. the game, right? You knew well, that. What did hang you on expect? a second. Hang on a second. I know it before a game to a point because all this stuff that we hear about sports science and planning, the whole point is that Chelsea don't play. In European competition, yeah. right? So that for me means Pochettino has time to work on patterns of play and stuff like that, which is maybe difficult to do because he's got injuries and whatever. Although by this point, and we'll get into that later, I think I expect more than what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand how Liverpool can be can look so much fitter and athletic than Chelsea when Chelsea have younger players. Chelsea don't have the same wear and tear. Chelsea have the ability to go and prepare for, for every game individually, again, because they don't play in Europe. Yeah, it's a fair point. I just think it's not just down to individual fitness or the tiredness or not. It's also structurally, the way you press, the way you beat the press, which I still don't think that Chelsea, despite maybe a, s- a slight improvement lately because they were on the three-game winning streak before before this move to Anfield and nobody goes to Liverpool and win anyway. I think they've only lost one in the last 64 games domestically in the Cup or in the league in the stadium. So this is not just on Chelsea. Nobody goes there and win anyway. But I still didn't... Ex- I, I just... I knew Liverpool were better. I just didn't think they were that much better. They could have scored 10 goals easily. Chelsea had a couple refereeing decisions that, that went against them, mm-hmm. which you could say might go either way. I just want to get your take quickly to get this out of the way, because I think even Pochettino did make a big deal out of it, because Pochettino's a football man and says, look, on performance, you know, even if all those calls yeah, had gone, even if we had snuck a result with all those calls, it wouldn't have made a difference, but the uh, the Gallagher one, the referee, it's the kind of thing where I think if the referee had given it, maybe VAR wouldn't have overturned him, but the referee didn't give it, he felt he lost control. Yeah, um, did you agree with that? And then, yeah, I think there's a slight contact. Van Dijk's uh, thigh on Gallagher's thigh. I think Gallagher is a bit looking for it because the ball is far. I would not have given it. I didn't think it was a pen. I probably agree with you on if it had been given, VAR would not have overturned it. But I'm kind of glad that that was not given as a pen, though. 
the foul on the build-up, or the, the, the foul they claimed for in the build-up to Connor Bradley's goal. Because it was funny because Bradley scores, and you can see there's a VAR check going on. And so I look at the replay, and I'm like, what VAR check? He's clearly mm-hmm. onside. But it wasn't for that. It was for the uh, tangle um, near midfield. Yeah, Chidwell and Jota. So the one thing... I thought Chilwell was terrible. In, yeah. uh, he's just not. He lost the ball on the uh, Jota goal. Exactly. He's not himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, that's not the kind of thing you're going to call back when both players are wrestling like that. Yeah? yeah, I agree with you. And I think, to be fair to Chilwell, yeah, if he's free at some point, which he's normally shuffles to the left-hand side to try to go and get to, to Bradley, but he also knows that Jota can make a run for Luis Diaz to find Jota and not Bradley on the other exactly. side. So he also is like, no, nah, I can't let you go here. So they're both going at it. There's no, there's no foul. You can't give it. And finally, the one I think where we agree on, Van Dijk and Kunku, 100%. Yeah. And it's one of those where I really wonder, yeah, what, 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 it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. No. It would have made it 3-2 had Palmer or whoever has taken his Yeah, course. at that point. But whatever. But... I, I expect VAR to intervene on that one. I cannot imagine. But did you think you th- they the thought it was just was. a soft con? Like, it, but there's he just goes into his ankle. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear to see. Yeah, but soft or hard. I mean, he goes in hard. He is a big man. There is a lot of force behind it. I, I thought there's anyway. no difference between the one but given for on Jota that Darwin misses and that one. It's a I, similar kind of contact. Hundred um, percent. Let's talk more Liverpool. Just just about. Just, I thought this was curious. Because I read that um, Liverpool are filming one of those behind-the-scenes, fly-on-the-wall yeah. documentaries, like the uh, the Amazon one, whatever that was yeah, called. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, all, all or Nothing? All or Nothing, which, yeah. which, by the way, seriously, I know like there's probably a team of marketing people. What a stupid, unimaginative <laughs> title. And, and aren't subsequent ones where they do other clubs, aren't those also called All or Nothing? Yeah. Like even the All Blacks one, the rugby ones, everything. I understand All Blacks because they're they're they're, they're expected to win the World Cup, so if they don't win, it's a fail or, or or whatever. But like, I know all they're not saying. Like I I don't know. It just seems it just seems cheesy. Um, but anyway, um, Klopp famously, he'd always said he was against this. He was against in in the past in years past. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it might. I also. I suspect Klopp is a little bit superstitious. And I remember the last time Liverpool did a behind-the-scenes documentary. It was the Being Liverpool. This was back in 2012 in the previous era with Gillette and Hicks. Yeah. And it was Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. And you talk about bad karma. I mean, uh, just not by bad documentary as well. <laughs> no, was bad. It, it's entertaining. It's entertaining because you know, like Brendan Rodgers does that little thing, like. You know, where, where he's holding an envelope yeah. and he says, like, you know, uh, it, I know one of you, gonna three, let these three people will let us, these three players will let us down. And then you, then you find out that, like, the envelope is empty and it's some Jedi mind trick. You know, That's these are not the case. droids you're looking for. Or Ian Eyre on a stupid motorcycle. Like, yeah. I, it felt very affected, right? But, hey. But, again, since then he's been against it. I mean, I don't know if he's been against it, but he's never allowed it since no. then. And one of the reasons he They've gave. many offers. They've had a ton of offers, obviously, and he said, "Like, I don't know if I could control myself." And even though we should say when we do this, it's not like a club takes money from a broadcaster and then they go behind the scenes and then the broadcaster shows whatever they want. No, the clubs always get the final approval, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I'm, but still, he felt that maybe he couldn't control himself or whatever. Which fair enough. So apparently, filming for this started in December. Being slightly conspiratorial about this, Klopp told Fenway about his decision in November. Yeah. Do we think it's possible or even plausible that Fenway said, hey, Kloppo, since you're leaving, and we totally respect that, I know you've been against this in the past, fair enough, but this is a massive story, your final six months at the club. We're not going to tell anybody you're leaving. How about we let the cameras in? Would you be okay with it? Yeah, but I think also from his point of view, this is the it's probably the right time of all the, the, the nine years he spent there. This is the legacy bit, really, isn't it? And especially if this season finishes on a on an amazing high where you win the league, you win maybe the Europa League, you win one of the cups, I don't know, all of that. Maybe he even for himself. Just to keep, you know, at home under the TV to show the kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids what, what those last what that season was about. The last six months of that season was about in terms of legacy more than anything else. So, I mean, I have to say I'd be excited to watch it because one, whether he overplays it or not, I think he's a great guy to do that kind of stuff. Like Pep, I don't think he's capable of overplaying. I think no, it's just what he is. Yeah, because I, some some people are not really at ease to talk about themselves. I think he he's very comfortable to talk about himself. Yeah. So I think it would work great and maybe it was just a case of like, okay, yeah, six months left, we're in a very strong position, everything is great. Trust me, had they been 10th in the table, there would be no, no documentary, no filming, nothing. So fair enough. Um, all right, let's move on to yeah. Chelsea. Pochettino said yes to one on uh, his first season at Chelsea? I'm sorry? Has Pochettino said yes on a documentary on his first season at Chelsea? You know what? They may well have. It looks like at Chelsea they're selling everything. Some of the stuff where like they're going to make the Hilton Hotel room in the stands. They had yeah, the idiots brushing their teeth. That new movie that they're trying to promote that Todd Brady is, produ- is producing or executive producer. They've got the name on the on the clubs like tops and hey, so they're trying and to monitor whatever. I, I want to be fair to Bolly and Bali. They said they're going to. You know, when they came over, they said, oh, the Premier League's about 20 years behind in terms of monetizing and stuff like that. So let's sell yeah. whatever's in, nailed down. Although, funnily enough, uh, he's a part owner of the LA Dodgers, as you know, yeah. right? If you watch Dodgers baseball, it's not like there's logos. It doesn't look like NASCAR no. with logos all over the place. Like, they do monetize a lot, but they Some don't actually... Some stuff are sacred, yeah. Yeah, exactly. but whatever. I don't have an issue with that. Um but going through this, if we had to assess Pochettino kind of just past the halfway mark, six months in, when we look at this, and I, the, the, the lens I like to use is I try to imagine, okay, let's imagine Chelsea in two years' time winning a title or competing for the Premier League or the Champions League, right? Which of these players are actually there from, in, in, in terms of, of the guys who are playing, how many guys do we actually see progressing? Yeah. So if we go through this area by area, goalkeeper Petrovic is playing right now. I don't. He's doing I, well. Yeah. He's doing well, but I don't. I, I. I don't. I mean, he'd have to continue progressing significantly. Yeah. yeah. Robert Sanchez is the number one. Was the number one. He's obviously injured now. Mm. I'm not a Robert Sanchez guy. Well, nobody is. Right? I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure either one of these two is no. a league-winning goalkeeper or have shown us that they could yeah. be that one day. And neither is Kepa, by the way, you know, still. And yeah, well, Kepa, less said the better. Um, when we look at the back four, who, by the way, last night, uh, was it the third goal where he runs in between 
Thiago Silva and Badiashil? The first goal. First goal. The first goal, yeah. I'm thinking myself, what, what, how, how does that happen? I don't know, man. And he gets a bit lucky, of course. He gets a little deflection uh, and maybe the ball hits his hand. But uh, I mean, but listen, Badiashil signed a year ago now. Uh, it was last January. Um, and I did say at the time, he's not ready for this level. This is not a criticism of him. He's a young player. He made mistakes at Monaco when he was there. He made mistakes when he played for the France youth teams. He had a couple of games and I had some Chelsea fans coming after me saying, oh, you talk nonsense. Blah, blah. I think now you can see. And again, he's still very young. He will become a good defender because he's got a lot of potential. But right now, at this level, in a team like this that is not functioning well, that a team that is a bit lost, you see the problem. And it's not just, I mean, yesterday was a terrible game for Badia Shield. And for Thiago Silva. We, have to, yeah. we, we can't just keep... Yeah, but Thiago you know, Silva is 38. No, what do no, you expect fine, fine. from him? Well... Uh, we love Thiago Silva, but yeah, we have to concede that yesterday was one of his worst games. Of in course, the it was. Shirt. But okay. one, I'm not even sure he can play in the back four anymore. Full stop. Right? Yeah. I think he would be much better in the back three. <laughs> and in the back four, fair enough. If you if you partner him with someone like Badiashil, then the, the pressure would be right. far too much. So Chelsea, obviously, they have. A million central defenders, not including Chalaba, who has disappeared off the face of the earth yeah, with the uh, to magical sell, muscular injury, which has kept him out forever. And I, I think there's something there. Um, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure we'll find out if he ever leaves the club. Um, there's Fofana to come back. Some there's point. Di Sassi in the mix, who I don't like it when he plays fullback. But I kind of feel that if you look at them as a group and we project forward a couple of years... If Fofana ever comes back to his level, I think Badiashil can develop. I think the, the tools are there. Levi Colwell, the tools are there. Colwell is better than Badiashil. I, I think they're okay. I, like if, again, if we use the criteria, two years' time, Chelsea are competing for a title. Are those guys there? I would argue, as a unit, I don't think this is where you need to add another piece. No, unless you want a bit of experience once Thiago... Yeah. Thiago will go at the end of the season. Come on, the, the fairy tale yeah, can't, last, can't last much longer, I think. So um, maybe you might need a bit of that. The fullbacks is where I start getting really, really lost. Obviously, Reese James has had uh, an incredible amount of injuries. At some point, you're going to have to make a call and decide, is Reese James ever going to be a regular for us? Yeah? Yeah. It should be, should be really. Like there's a, there's a solution to that problem, surely. It's not possible that for the next 10 years of his career, he still gets injured six months of the year. It's not possible. It's on the left where I get a little bit lost. You're not a Chilwell fan, that's why. Well, I don't think Pochettino's a Chilwell fan, more importantly. Yeah, yeah maybe. And I'm sure, sure Pochettino wants to play with two attacking fullbacks. Yeah. Because we've seen kind of that... Weirdo three and a half where he puts Disasso in one time, which is it's not weird. I mean, it's necessary in certain games, but yeah. I don't know that it works with this personnel at Chelsea, right? And this is why Kukurea keeps keeps popping up. Yeah, Colwell at left back. I think he likes he likes this, the idea of Colwell at left back. And then Reese James at right back. Yeah, and you more gotta, attacking or Gusto even if you like Malo Gusto, who again is still very young and can attack. I'm not so sure how much he can defend. So yeah. All right, midfield. I think it's fair to say Enzo hasn't lived up to his price tag. But it doesn't mean that he can't be a starter when he a starter in, in in midfield on a Chelsea team that fights for the title, right? Yeah, we the problem for Enzo, and I think I think I said it after the Preston game in the FA Cup, which I covered for ESPN, Enzo cannot play if there is no movement around him. This is 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 for me, it's a very simple issue to solve. 
You can give the ball to Enzo as much as you want in any position you want. If around him, there's no movement. And against Preston, and I know Preston, they ended up winning. Preston are now a very good team, etc. What do you want? He was literally like, there's just nothing. He gave one great ball in that game, for example, again, to, to Cole Palmer, who beat the, the offside trap in a way, made a really good run. The ball was perfect. And then Cole Palmer, I think, was a little bit too easy in front of goal and missed it. But if there's no movement around for Enzo, it's impossible to. His, all his game, all his passing game, is about finding the right player, the free player, the right pass, the right space. If there's no movement, if there's no spaces, there's one I think for Sterling maybe yesterday in the Liverpool game. But again, it's not just. So if Sterling keeps wanting the ball to feet and Palmer the same and Madweki the same and Caicedo the same, or Broja or Nkunku, Enzo is there. He's not there, Enzo, to find. A pass yeah. from me to you, Gabby, two meters apart. This but that's on the game. coach. Yeah. That, 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 that's on Pochettino. So Get I these people to move. Yeah. And I think, yeah, of course, Enzo can always do better. Of course he can yeah. and can do right. more. But I just think that he's really not helped by the lack of, again, we go back to structure into this team and just to the lack of movement and the lack of patterns of plays and everything. Okay. I don't think it's a secret that Moises Caicedo has been terrible since his move. Uh, it's also true that he's very young. Yeah. Lavia has been missing in action since his move. Yeah. I think given the amount of money invested in them, it's just the reality that and the fact that they're young players, you're not going to make a change there. You have to give them more time to find out if they're any good. It's yeah. just not it's not viable. But Caicedo hasn't become a bad player. This has that narrative. Has oh, no, to he's stop. just a player who plays badly. But, 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 but again, I think Caicedo is very good in a very structured team. It's very simple. Okay, but then you keep pointing, you keep but you can't have Gallagher. Though. Gallagher, Enzo and Caicedo doesn't work. I'm not a fan of Gallagher, as you know. I understand people who are fans of him. Good if that's the kind of player that he you moves. like. You talked about lack of movement. He moves a lot. Yeah, he, he moves, moves too much. <laughs> I, I read a quote the other day of Tuchel saying, yeah, at 4 a.m. you can wake him up and he's going to run everywhere for you. And he's gonna... this, is not the play... this is not the football I like and the players I like. And I think that right. midfield three that Pochettino has tried so many times just doesn't work. All right. Well, we didn't see it uh, last night. Obviously, it was a, a slightly different. Uh, yeah, and Gallagher come off at half time. There's a reason why he came off at half time. <laughs> that first half was yeah was was really hard. Yeah. to was hard to watch. Um, moving on to the wingers. Um, I mean, I, I I don't want to make fun here, but Madueke, Mudrik, Sterling. Had his moments yeah. this season. He's a good player. In two years, he can maybe still contribute. Maybe Sterling, if yeah. you if he's happy and and he can maintain his level. I mean, he seems very motivated, which I guess is good. As a group, though, you you're in that same situation. If two years from now, if Chelsea are fighting for the title, Madueke and Mudrik have to be a lot better than they yeah. are now. Yeah, we're. But the the highest ceiling is Mudrik, right? Compared to Madueke, you know what I I thought so, but on the other hand. I get it. You're really, really fast. Did you? Did Chelsea's, I think, first chance was in the second half after yeah, that Mudrik came cross. on, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I think he doesn't sort his feet out correctly because it's not like the ball is that far in front of him that he has to stretch the way he does if he paces his impact correctly. He's got, I think he's got opportunity to take yeah, a touch, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, or, or if you want to hit it first time, arrive in a more coordinated position. I mean, he's been here a year. Yeah. It's not like before he was playing chess. No, he was playing football before, too. He wasn't doing stuff like this. Yeah. I, again, I, he really has to improve. I, and, and again, because of the money that they've spent on them, 
they're going to have to. Madueke, if they want to shift him, they can shift him. Yeah, but it's easy to shift. Mudrik, that's an issue. Yeah, but for Mudrik, to be fair, I I think you can see the potential, and for him, I would say it will all a lot of it will be down to individual coaching. And that's when that's where I want to see Pochettino. If Pochettino can't make this team as a team collectively work, okay, he can't. Maybe he's not very good, like you right. like you think. Well, I'm not saying Pochettino's not very good. I'm no, just no, saying but, like I haven't seen it. Oh no, Mudrik, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no but, but even even Poch, if he can't get this team together oh. to play well with movement, he, but, with, but we've seen Pochettino do that at Spurs. Yeah, but only right? at Spurs, really, and a bit at Southampton. And at Southampton, yeah, but and at environment. right? It's only Paris Saint Germain where he wasn't able to do it. Right? Yeah. Uh, but I think Paris Saint Germain, you've got such and, so much and Chelsea so far, and Chelsea so far. I don't think I don't think he can be happy with it. And he knows that next season, if they qualify for Europe, and at this stage, it's not clear that they will at all. Um, he's going to have less time to work with these players. Yeah, but for Mudrik, the others, like we said, Enzo and Caicedo, have, are still very dependent of the collective around them. For Mudrik to improve, I think this is a lot of individual coaching. What you do when with the ball. Because it's a lot about decision making. Like you said, on the chance that Gusto gives him in that in that game against Liverpool, there's a lot of moments where he crosses when he shouldn't, he shoots when he shouldn't, he dribbles when he shouldn't. All of that. That's individual coaching. Whether whether there's a good you know the good movement around him, that doesn't really change so much for him in the play that he is. So that's for me. That's where Poch- I expect Pochettino to do well by developing someone like Mudrik, developing someone like Palmer. Although Palmer is obviously much higher than Mudrik in his own development. Well, well, but again, with Palmer, though, I always find this mystifying is we've seen him, we've seen him be Chelsea's, arguably Chelsea's best player. But then he also has entire games where he really struggles, where he misses chances, where I, I don't know if, he's, if, if, if it's Pochettino's instructions to go and find positions, but he always ends up, ends up on the right. I, I, I just wonder, I wonder about that. I wonder if that's part of the reason he's no longer at Manchester City. Is it, it's weird to have somebody miss so many big, so many big I mean, opportunities, which, which so many misplaced okay, passes. So the Middlesbrough away game in the yes, in the League Cup, okay, right, yeah, okay. That's Last fine. night, they didn't, didn't pull up. I mean, he missed chances, but he didn't. Yeah, but that was not. He, he didn't and, impact the game at all. No, but in a game like this, he will always well, struggle. And Kunku came on, scored a goal, yeah, and beyond the goal had. That. I mean, look, I'm not saying they're you different up on players Palmer. though, different profiles, right? But you have to. But, but we agree, both those guys are people who will be part of a hypothetical yeah, Chelsea team sure. in two years' time winning for the league, sure. right? All right, let's get to the strikers because I think this is going to be pretty open and shot. Yeah. So right now, let's leave aside David Datro Fofana, who yeah. did well last night. Yeah, he gave him um, an assist. <laughs> but oh, and Washington. Is it Washington? David Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Hey. No thanks. So we're in a situation where you've got uh, Nico Jackson and Armando Broja. Yeah. Nico Jackson is beyond raw. And yeah. I don't... I, I just don't see him being a, a Premier League center forward right now. No, with, no with right now, definitely not. Maybe he gets there. I don't think that he gets there playing every game with all the pressure of being the only real option. Yeah. Broja, I really like the guy. You've always liked him. But he hasn't been right since he's come back from his injury. Yeah. He's not good enough for Chelsea. But he's not good enough. Chelsea have quoted 50 million for him. And, yeah, and, I think. And, and this is what I don't understand. Well, I don't understand two things. One is... Why would you send them away? The transfer window shuts in a couple hours. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll sign somebody in the meantime. Maybe Lewandowski's on his way over. I don't know. But why would you move your only center forward and leave you with just Palmer? Because they need the, money? 
They really need money. So they need to sell. I mean, they sold, I mean, Madsen, obviously, but especially the product of the academies, which is a straight profit into your account. Whether it's a 5 million loan fee. Business? I mean, the 5 million loan fee is not going to move the needle that much, but still, it's still money coming in. I think they, cost, they quoted the 50 thing, like, hey, let's try this, which is completely. I don't, I cannot believe that someone like Paul Winstanley or Lawrence Stewart, people who are experienced sporting directors, really. This has to come from our friend Todd Bowley, who just think, yeah, Ooh, yeah, 50. I oh, know, Todd, we can't do that. Yeah, 50, I want 50. Come on. It can't be anything else. You can't have 50 million for Armando Broja. Is it? But the thinking is, going forward, if they're going to win the title in two years' time, it's not going to be Broja and Jackson starting. No. Not even, I don't even think and Kunku, you can play in Kunku there, and he did well yesterday when he came on as a, as a nine. But we've explained many, many times that to get the best out of him, he needs to play off a striker, or like a proper striker, which then means, yeah. okay, where do you play Cole Palmer? You could play Palmer and... But you said and proper Kuku. striker. Yeah, and, and, and Sterling somewhere behind the striker. I don't know, then it becomes difficult, but at least you've got options. But yeah, we've said it last summer, we said it again all through the first six months of the season. The goal difference is plus one. They've played everybody once now, at least. You know, at least everybody once. They're 10th in the table, they've won nine games, they lost nine games. It just, it's just like, I mean, plus I, one goal I've, difference, really? I've said it before, I'm, I'm a Poch guy. I do think, and, and obviously they've been hit really, really hard with injuries and they didn't have the players they wanted. But, and so obviously in terms of chemistry and patterns of play and whatever, you're going to be behind. But they've also kept the same lineup for long enough and the same structure. And I'm thinking Enzo and Caicedo, what well, you were talking about, the movement in midfield. Enzo Caicedo and Gallagher have generally been around all season. So, yeah, is, yeah. so is Cole Palmer, right? Yeah. Uh, I expect more from those guys. And what you said about the wingers, too. You know, Sterling and Mudrick have generally been fit most of the season. Yeah. So is Maduek. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah, like yeah. Maduek at the beginning. I, I, you expect more. 100%. And sometimes this building process, like, there's no progress, too. You know, Sterling and Mudrick have generally been fit most of the season. Yeah. So is Maduek. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah, like yeah. Maduek at the beginning. I, I, you expect for six months, and then all of a sudden you have an accelerating progress. It's not necessarily, yeah. you know, a gradual thing. But I think we need to see that. It's February now. We yeah. need to see that from Chelsea between now and May. 100%. And for me, Poch is the biggest responsible. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough, Chelsea. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Vitor Roque opens the scoring as Barcelona survive a late scare against 10-man Osasuna to take all three points. Jules, did you see any improvement? And if so, is it because of Xavi's uh, announcement removing the tension? I don't know. I wanted to see a bit of something in there, and I didn't see much before. It looked like just a normal day when it was clearly no normal day. But uh, you saw it from Fermin Lopez after he came on for poor Ferran Torres. Yeah, and then... Came back off again, like played 15 <laughs> minutes or something, which was I thought was a bit. But hey, Vitor Roque came on for Fermin, scored. I thought there were some good things on the back of some decent performances. We said that Betis, uh, Athletic Club, even if they lost that game, it was not all too bad. They also gave away what, three big chances. Osasuna could have scored. In the end, the, the XG, Barca's XG is, is decent, it's 1.86, it's better than the opposition. But it's, there's still clearly something not working. Jules, what would really concern me is the fact that late in the game, you're 1-0 up, you're at home, you're playing against 10 men against a defensive team, yeah, a team yeah, that's not known for its attacking, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And you're Barcelona. Yeah. And you're still under pressure. I understand. You have an extra player. If there's one team in the world who's supposed to be in their DNA to keep the ball, move it around the back. Instead, you know who I blame? I actually, I blame the midfielders. Yeah, I was going to say, but that midfield is wrong. And I blame the center backs too. I'm like, how difficult is it? Like, you're, you're Araujo. You're sitting there. They're trying to press you. There will always be somebody open. We've all played football where there's an extra man. It's usually on the other. Just switch to play to the other side. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is they pass the ball sideways. It's not difficult. I know, but they don't have that kind of structure. Oh. But that midfield has always been a problem. They need, they need a proper six. Tottenham Hotspur come from behind to be Brentford 3-2. Gab Spurs have pulled alongside Aston Villa in fourth now. They're just ahead of them on goal score. They're looking good for Champions League football. They are. They were really good in the second half. They, went they were under, bad in the first uh, half, though. Sorry? They were bad in the first half. Yeah, they were Terrible. really bad. I also want to say, well, Brentford, say this in the nicest possible way, I'm not saying it's bad football. It's just different football. It's just a different approach in terms of intensity, in terms of physicality, in terms of, of directness. And it's not a good match for... It just doesn't match well with the way Spurs play. Yeah. Um, but they showed their reaction in the second half. It really, I mean, 3 2, they, Destiny gifted them a goal. But that's okay because they he scored, scored a goal too. too yeah. So, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards. It's yeah. really tight between them and Villa. Sticking with that Spurs game, Jules, I know you're a big darts guy. Yes. And I know that Neil Mopé is from Versailles. Paris Born and Brady. Like Thierry Henry. Sorry, no, uh, Nicolas Nelka. Well, right? kind of. It's a bit, yeah. And Nelka's from Versailles. No, no? he's from Trapp. Is that far from Versailles? Not too far. Okay, well, you go. Close yeah. enough. Um, well, whereas Neil Mopé was born in the palace, that's why he's so freaking entitled. No, it's the city. It's not just a palace, it's a city. <laughs> anyway, uh, what did you make of his dart celebration, trolling of James Madison, and what happened afterwards, too? Yeah, I'm, I'm a trash talker, as you know. I will always be okay with trash talking. Always, always, always. And sometimes you do it and it goes into your favor. Sometimes you do it, like in this case, and it backfires because, yeah. as Neil said himself, it went a bit too early because he obviously 
uh, imitated, imitated, yeah. imitated James Madison. And, uh, and he got his, his, his big friend, Ivan Tony, to help uh, him. Yeah, to hear him. him. Then, then Madison had to go at it on the pitch straight after that goal. Then when Brandon Johnson scored, he did it to take the mickey of Neil, Neil Mopé. Uh, and in the end, they were friends and stuff. And Madison had a, a little dig in his post-match interview saying, well, you know, he hasn't scored as, enough goals yeah. to have his own celebration, so he copies. Uh, but I like that Neil just didn't, you know, didn't... Yeah, until the end. Yeah, because, he went listen, back listen, as, right. on social media and saying, you know what, I've had less, fewer relegations and more goals in my career than James Madison. Okay, you dumb-dumb. No, no, what and I say dumb, this. Dumb-dumb. It's trash-talking. You have relegations, not because of you, because frankly, you're Neil Mopé, you're not Lionel Messi. It doesn't matter. It's because of the team that you're on, right? And what? And what? What? Leicester was not a good team when Madison well, was who cares? But, but it doesn't Madison matter. Madison went down. But so what? Like, so it, it's just so stupid. It's, but why is Madison so having a go at somebody listen, doing I, the same? He's not. Okay, Martin Terrier, the range striker, does the same celebration. Is Madison going to have at some point a go at... Martin Terrier for doing the same celebration well, as him. I don't know each other. If, if, if Martin Terrier or whatever his name is <laughs> does it while playing against yeah. uh, while playing against Leicester and trash talks him and mocks him and is the same guy. Remember what was the game where, where, where Mopé threw himself the, to the ground? Was it against Aston Villa? Where like he and Emmy Martinez both acted. Yeah, there's like, that. Like, you remember like, the one with Gandusi as like well. Like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Brighton Arsenal with Gandusi. I mean, come on, man. Like enough. This is enough. What, this is what it is. Nothing wrong with trash talking. I'm telling you that. Atletico Madrid be Rio two one as Diego Simone rest a number of players and Gabi, you must be happy because your two guys scored. I am. Rene Nildos for scored. He's had the long injury just back from the Africa Cup of Nations and Memphis too. Yeah, How about that? Lovely goal. This was interesting because well, that, that late. Well, well, well Ch Cholo rested uh, like he, no coque, no, no Griezmann, Griezmann yeah. and then he's got to bring the cavalry on, and they scored late. Really weird. He played Vermeer in, in midfield, who is 18 years old, just literally arrived last week. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. thought like Rio were like a bunch of muppets. I don't know. I know you have to rest, but yeah. maybe not all in one go. No, but maybe it's just today. You know, I give you a 45, 50 minutes. They take a while to get going, but Arsenal went away to Nottingham Forest 2-1. Jules, we saw prime Gabriel Jesus, yeah. and they stay five points behind Liverpool. Yeah, because Liverpool won, as, as we just said. I thought, apart from the end, okay, the goal is the disappointing goal to concede, and then they were a bit shaky. But for most of that game, they controlled so, so well. And I, I, I was never doubting that their goal would come, even if the first goal is a little bit lucky, even if they didn't create massive chances in the first half. So in the first half, they don't really create any chances and you're still really confident. Yeah, be because to... they, when you have so much control, people, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to just defend for 90 minutes because that's all Forrest did, which, by the way, I don't understand. When you've been really good at home under Nuno beating... United, for example, by putting a lot of intensity, actually playing football. To, <laughs> to go you were playing United. No, no, no. But I just want a better team. It's, but it's not the point. I just don't think it's a good look for this Forest team to just be ready to sit back and defend for 90 minutes. I just think, but I think it's completely pointless anyway. So, in a way, they got that, the defeat they deserve. And for Arsenal, I thought there was some really good, really good passage of plays in that, in that game that they should be very happy with going into the Liverpool game, for sure. Meanwhile, guy, Manchester United legend Paul Scholes took to social media and presumably referring to Zinchenko and said a fullback coming into central midfield is an insult to a central midfield player. I think he should be told to get the F back. Do you agree? Before I slaughter Paul Scholes for that. I, he's entitled to his opinion. What, what I don't understand here is you know that it's not like Zinchenko wanders into midfield because he wants to disrespect Declan Rice and Martin Udegaard. He does it because there's coaches 
who have chosen this strategy, and it's not just Arteta, Pep, we've seen it from Pep Guardiola, we've seen it, we've seen it from Liverpool, we've seen it from many clubs. Yeah, many clubs, stand, many, clubs be, sports scores, many clubs. Um, so I don't understand for you to come out and say something like this. The guy's following the manager's instruction. Now, if you think it's a stupid way to play, that's fine. But, but does he understand there's, there's a benefit to it, right? He, I, Paul Scholes, surely so. the player that he I, was, understand that. Although the manager that he was maybe doesn't understand it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I, I just don't. I, I don't see how you're helping yourself or your brand or to, to, to write it in this way, to say it's, it's a stupid attitude, but to make it about an insult to the central midfielders. Come yes. on. It's, 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 they, they're, they're doing something different. Manchester City rolled to a 3-1 win over Burnley as Julian Alvarez bags two goals and Erling Haaland hey. makes his return after nearly two months out. Jules, it's eight in a row in all competitions for Pep's group. Yeah, and KDB had his first start since August and that Burnley game, uh, the, re the, re the reverse fixture, uh, first game of the season. They just look really good. Yeah, they considered at the end like a game, a goal that doesn't mean anything really, but they were, they were good and to have Haaland back on the pitch, even for just 20 minutes, even if he didn't do much, it doesn't matter psychologically, it's another massive, massive boost for them. So now they're playing away at Brentford on Monday night and they look pretty, pretty good, to be fair. Jürgen Klinsmann, South Korea, knockout Roberto Mancini, Saudi Arabia in the Asian Cup. Last 16 in the most dramatic way, Gab, on penalties and Mancini has to apologise for not sticking around towards the last pen. I mean, come on! This that is really, really bad. So Saudi took the lead, and then Korea puts them puts them under pressure. Jurgen Klinsmann's Korea, no, yeah, no last great chances. Really they get the late, late equalizer. It goes to penalties, and then the Saudi guy misses, and all of a sudden Mancini's gone before Huang Kichan, you know, goes up to take the last penalty. Mancini apologized and he said oh i'm sorry i, I thought, thought it was over i thought it was over what? at that point now i'm sorry mancho come on man like first of all if it's over you still go and congratulate jürgen klinsman who you played against and who's your colleague right yeah, yeah uh i know you hate to lose second of all how can you think it's over what you lost count of the penalties and also did you see the celebration like, <laughs> exactly. if it's over somebody has won i i i don't know i don't know what happened um I reached that's out. It's not to, acceptable, man. I reached out to somebody close to him who said that's just the way he is. Yeah, it, not a good look. No, not a good look not. at all. Huge win for Newcastle away to Unai Emery's Aston Villa jewels after putting five past them at St. James's earlier this season. They win 3 1 at Villa Park, where the home side rarely lose. You know how I feel about Unai Emery? I think he's a yeah. little vampire, yeah. which means Eddie Howe is garlic. Yeah, and Eddie Howe again. I don't know what that makes Jason Tindall. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure either. The, like the garlic, the garlic friend, I don't know. Um, I mean, I didn't see that one coming. I won't lie. I thought Newcastle prepared really well for the high line and, and used that really, really well. I thought Bruno Guimaraes, who swapped his shirt for some kinder given by a fan, uh, which I thought was an amazing scene in itself after that game, was brilliant. And it's just one of those games where Villa had a second goal disallowed for uh, uh, offside that was offside by a millimetre but could have come back easily into the game and, and Newcastle were very clinical in what they did so well done I don't think they would have come in easily into the game they could have come back into the game yeah but at 3-2 it's a shout out story. to Fabian Shaw yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah I, I, I think you and Alami got a little too much no no that second half was much better from Villa than it was from Newcastle Roma win away to Salernitana and now single point off from fourth place Gab are you just going to press Daniele De Rossi or maybe consider they might be in the exact same position if Jose Mourinho 
had stuck around. Well, given that they haven't played, they've played some really bad teams, yeah. which is part of the reason they sagged Mourinho. Uh, I have every reason, to, and Mourinho generally won against bad teams and lost against good teams. I have no reason to think that they wouldn't be one point away from fourth. Uh, True. Like I told you, Mourinho yeah. sacking is about money. And the fact that having Mourinho is like having a very expensive girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you can't afford it anymore. That's Manchester United kick off in a few hours. We don't know if Marcus Rashford will be involved, but we do know two things. Yeah. We know that Eric Ten Hag doesn't want to talk about him because yeah. for him the case is over. And we know that Rashford showed up at training with new front tinted windows on his Lamborghini. And this makes me want to quote Run DMC. Tinted windows don't mean nothing. They know who's inside. Exactly. I think we knew Marcus was inside. I don't even know. In some places, it's not legal to have tinted front windows, no, incidentally. I don't even know. I don't know if he spray painted them himself. Or got Do you her. think he's done that so if he goes clubbing in Belfast again, we don't know that he's him turning up? What's he going to do? Like stay inside his Lamborghini? <laughs> like without going outside? I don't know. This story blows my mind. I'm, dis- I'm very disappointed by Marcus Rashford for that, to be honest. Completely, uh, he's aged the player that he is for that club. Where, where that club is right now, I, I just expected far more from a leader like him or should be a leader like him. And Ten Hag, I think, was quite weak in the punishment, to be fair. Well, we don't know behind the scenes yeah, what still, the punishment's going to be. Let's see if he plays or not. Let's see you, if he starts. Rashford needs a PR advisor, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, exactly. yeah, exactly. Juventus faced Inter at the weekend in a huge top of the table showdown, and Gab, they picked up another midfielder. This is a bit of a weird one because it's a good one, I think. All right, so Carlos Alcaraz. Remember when he arrived last year for Southampton? They were getting relegated. Yeah, he actually was one of the few bright spots. Yeah. but so then they they go down. Um, he hardly plays for South, or he doesn't start very often for no. Southampton, especially of late. Russell Martin doesn't fancy him. But the team's really good. Yeah. Um, they're I think one point off the automatic playoffs. So in the end, it's a three million loan fee, and then up to forty nine million to make the deal permanent. It's a bit odd. It's the whole signing was a bit... Yeah. It's, just, it's just a ton of money. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where if he does well, Juve's like, yeah, look, Carlos doesn't want to come back and we're not going to give you $49 million, yeah. So suck it up and take whatever you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got it that written like all that. over it. Definitely. We told you about this on Monday, but Gio Reyna de Forest is now all done. Jules, where do you see him in the starting lineup? That's a good question, Gabby. What I would love to see is him and Gibbs White, the two number 10s behind the striker. I think this is his best position. As a 10 more than wide. And you knows all about exciting attacking football. So. No, he's not. At least it's a little bit more attacking than under Steve Cooper. But Nuno doesn't play with two 10s. So we'll have to see. Am I happy with him choosing Forrest? Mm, I'm not so sure. Roma picked up Empoli's Wunderkind, Tommaso Baldanzi, for 15 million euros while loaning Andrea Bellotti out to Fiorentina. Gab, is it wise to invest in the future when you don't know who your coach is going to be for next season? I think it makes sense. If it's this guy, because uh, he's he's very very hyped. Yeah. I think fifty million is a really good price. He's got a big upside. He's one of those guys who I think will either flare out or become very very good. That's kind of yeah. The, yeah. But the you can always get your money back at some point. But also moving Belotti. Belotti was on a huge uh, salary uh, because he came as a free agent, and I think you're funding Baldanzi at least for six months by shifting Belotti. Which so I think in that sense it makes yeah. sense. The fact they're willing to invest also says to me they really believe they're going to finish in the Champions League spaces. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brighton get destroyed away to Luton Town 4-0. Jules, they were 2-0 down inside of three minutes. The big man, Elijah Adebayo. Patrick, Patrick huh? how about that? Uh, is the, the ZB magic fading a little bit, or is it just really hard to come back from two goals down in three minutes? Uh, I'm, I'm both. It's not easy. It's, not, it's a horrible start, of course. I just think that there's something missing. This isn't whether there's too many injuries, the fact that they could not play in Europe and in the league for what the Zerbi wants. There's clearly something not happening this season. There's no doubt about that. The, the thing I was maybe the most disappointed in in that game is that they just gave the ball away so much trying to build up from the back. And I don't think Luton are that, just that good at pressing. They're very intense and they're very physical. Yeah, of course they are. But it's not because they can run a lot that you can't just you know, pass the ball out of that press. So for, for a team that is maybe the, one of the best in the country to do that, to beat the press by passing the ball properly... It didn't work for them. It was it's just, the right strategy because that's how they play. It's blowing. their DNA, yeah, yeah, but, but they just didn't execute. But, but I don't think you should have bad days like that. I mean, it's not even a bad day. This is a the, the, the horrendous day. And when you're Brighton and you go to Luton, I just don't think they were ready for it. I'm not sure the Zerbi was. I don't think the players were. So it's one that you try to forget. But I think it's also a defeat that can leave a few scars for the rest of the season, though. Let's talk Africa Cup of Nations now, Gav, which is full of shocks and storylines we've set up before already. How, how about heavily favoured Morocco losing to South Africa 2-0 with my boy Ashraf Hakimi missing a penalty? Paris born and bred? No, but no. I wish it was. No, I it was better a penalty if it was. Uh, yeah, well, as we saw in the World Cup final. Um, sorry, you went there. You went Quarterfinals, there. you mean. What? The World Cup quarterfinals. No, you said with all those pairs born and bred players. Oh, no. In the World Cup uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, South Africa, I don't think are good. Uh, I, I, I've seen three games of theirs, and they're, they're not, there are two games before this one, right? They're not good. But they work hard. Yeah. Morocco, wasting chances. I thought they took things for granted. They had a ton of chances. They, they could have been a couple of goals, goals up before South Africa even scored. They get the penalty. It hits the crossbar. You got to get that. The second goal, garbage time. They yeah. Mark with more great chances after that. Are you going to blame the referee? No, great free kick, I said. Oh, yeah. Well, great free kick, but it's yeah. at the end. What do you I don't know, it doesn't matter. It's a great goal. No, nice goal. Whatever. But, um, yeah, South Africa. Bafana, Bafana. How about that? You know what? They've got seven, seven starters play for Mamelodi Sundowns. And I, think, I do think that in competition, like, especially like this one, this is very important the to chemistry have, and yeah, cohesion. Massively, massively. And Hugo Bruce has obviously won it with Cameroon in 2017, so he's got the know-how. Mali beat Burkina Faso with the help of a pretty outrageously unlucky. One of the best. One of the best on goals you've ever seen. Edmund Tapsoba on goal. Jules, um, I kind of feel some folks are sleeping on Mali a little bit. Yeah. This is a good team. It's a really good team. It's a really good midfield, which they've always had. It was about to find it was just about finding the right kind of chemistry and, and, and how to build and structure in that midfield, which I think they have. And yeah, when you 
consider go like that you're broken Faso after five minutes or something it's just I don't think you, you come back from it but yeah Mali would be good Mali is definitely a team to um, to follow and I, and we thought Gabi that Cote d'Ivoire were done after that humiliation against Equatorial Guinea and instead another miracle happened because they knocked out Senegal on penalties the holders yeah this is pretty this is pretty unbelievable it because was a great just, just to give you context about Ivory Coast and how what a nightmare this has been for for the host nation. Yeah, yeah they're the host nation. Um, obviously, they lost 4-0 to Equatorial Guinea. Uh, I think they only won one game in the group stage. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they came through as one of the third best teams. They had to wait until the very end. Their coach resigned or was fired. Was it Jean-Louis Gasset? Jean-Louis Gasset, that's right. Oh, you, you got the name I remember right. the Jean-Louis now. I don't know why I wanted to call him Jean-Charles Jean Jean Gasset. Um... I mean, Jonathan Wilson writing in The Guardian called them the zombie team that you can't kill, that they just keep going. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit like that because they go goal down this, Diallo scoring straight away for Senegal. Senegal carve out more chances. You kind of ah, feel they were like... a much better team. You kind of feel like Senegal is going to score three or four here. And then, at the very end, Kwame's, Kwame's through. Edward Mendy comes out. And I think pretty obviously, and I think frankly needlessly, hacks him down. Oh, on Pepe, on Pepe, yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah, was, Pepe, was, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if he should come out like that. It I, was a bit. I just seemed totally uncoordinated. And my man, Frank Kessier, ah, from the spot. Uh, and then it goes on and it goes on to penalties. And even during penalties, it went on and on and on. And eventually, um, eventually, Cote d'Ivoire prevailed, which again, you don't expect because Senegal, because last year, I mean, they lost up the, they, 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 they went through the tournament last year. Winning numerous penalty shootouts, yeah. you thought penalty experience—that's a thing. Yeah, maybe not a thing. They even won Yeah, Ivory Coast, and obviously they no, won the final. Yeah, yeah. Cape Verde also leave it very late to beat Mauritania one nil. Yeah, Ryan Mendes. This is little Mauritania. Yeah, little Mauritania. Who? Let's be honest. And we, we not scored a goal from open play in yeah, the tournament. Yeah, we mentioned uh, their manager as well, who did his with. Uh, com the Comoros I don't know if it's in English is it Comoros Comoros, Comoros. Yes, powerhouse yeah Comoros uh, are kind of so like well, the Lichtenstein but this is the level Comoros are kind of like the pharaohs of Africa for those who aren't good in geography football wise yeah, exactly but Cap Verde are a really good decent team they play really nice football they've got technical players and they have qualified and they will play against South Africa so we will have one of those two surprising teams at least in the semi-final. Uh, but well done, well done to them. They've done it before in the past. And Ryan Mendes, who played a lot in Ligue 1 in his career, is a really, really talented player too. So I'm really, really happy for them. And Gab, I've got quarterfinals are on Friday and Saturday. So it's a perfect time to make predictions. <coughs> yeah, you know how much I love making predictions. So yeah, you do. I'm going to share the plan here. Um, Nigeria against Angola. Ooh. I gotta go Nigeria. Yeah. Gotta go for my Super Eagles and Osimhen. Yeah, you on board with that? Yeah, I'm bored with that. Congo and Guinea, Jules. That's really. What good do you game. reckon? Congo haven't won a game yet. They've they've drawn four times. They just won on penalties the last game, the last sixteen. Uh, and and I think Congo have a really really good team. So is Guinea. For me, this is the best quarterfinals. Really, with matched. the Mali with the Mali Ivory Coast. Um, I would go for another draw. I think that's what Congo do. And then I would go for Congo on pens. Ooh, yeah. That, 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 I'm, I'm on board with that. That makes sense. Mali and Ivory Coast, can the zombie team survive against Surely Mali? No, not another one. But they will have the crowd obviously with them, the momentum with I'll them. Have Sebastian Haller with them. Yeah, we'll have Sebastian Haller with them. Uh, 
I'll go for Mali. I want my, my boy Bis too. Yeah, I I think Ivory Coast advantage. I think it, when you've got so much talent and you've been through so many negatives, there's moments when you click and pull together. I'm not sure they're that good at Ivory Coast. But they've got great, great individuals. Well, do they? Not sure. Famous man. names that we recognize? You know, right? Yeah. Cape Verde in South Africa, the two surprise yeah, packages. Yeah, Cape Verde for me every day. I want the, the, the Minos to qualify. They're minnows, but Sata, but Bafana, Bafana, I think are also minnows in the sense that it's a bigger country, good. though. Of course, it's a bigger country and whatever else. But also remember, it's a country whereas Cap Verde was colonized, I believe, by the Portuguese. Yeah, that's years, right. right. Yeah, they all so, speak Portuguese. So they're all technical and skillful. Yeah. And have the whereas South Africa got the English. Ah, ah, trolling, 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 trolling. No, no, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm really excited for this. Um, Fulham and Everton draw nil-nil, which means the Toffeemen are back in the bottom three as they sweat on their appeal over their 10-point penalty, which the appeal hearing began yesterday. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Gab, I was not very inspired by that game. That's, that's, yeah, I think yeah. the most significant stuff on Wednesday is going to be their, is their hearing. And then, yeah. of course, the other point but penalty that they may get. They will get one, right? We agree on that? They've think, admitted themselves that they breached. What, the second one? Yeah. I yeah, and then it becomes a question of how much they're gonna. Yeah, I mean, look, I think all Shondai can do is just ground out points, and but isn't that a game where you should actually take points instead of? Well, they drew. They got. They took a point. Yeah, they took a point. I guess. And they're playing. I did, just, it's not it, like they're playing. I know, but like that game was, was. I don't. I don't know. I thought that game was really poor. To be fair, Granada's mighty mouse Brian Zaragoza has joined Bayern. And we thought the deal would happen. I mean, it was not. We thought it was reported that the deal would happen in the so in it summer. It was reported. It was decided it would decided. happen in summer. And that he would just stay on loan. Yeah. And then Thomas Tuchel watched Kingsley Coleman play. And, and says, got injured. And what? got injured. It's only for the injury. It's only for the injury. No, I would argue it's for the performances. No, it's for the, the injury. Just, right, you know, whatever. It's for the injury. So obviously, Brian Zaragoza a very, very different. Small, quick, darting. Maybe he can fall over, win free kicks. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, it's interesting because we've seen him be absolutely devastating. We've seen him have quieter games. Uh, I hope that this doesn't turn into what we've seen of late from Bayern, which is no patterns of play and kind of like the other team parks the bus and they just give the ball to Sané and Coleman or in this case Zaragoza and says, okay, guy, go do, do something. something. Because they need more than that. But look, he's an exciting player. I just hope he's not like a Shakiri type. You know, when they sign because there's a bit of hype and the guy's a bit quick. And, and in the end, Shakiri was not good enough really for that level. And I hope that Brian is. Didn't Shakiri win a league title at Liverpool? Yeah, but so exactly. Shut it. Exactly. It was not good enough for Liverpool. It's more either. league titles than Harry Kane's one. Yeah, okay, but it's still not good enough. <laughs> Bayer Leverkusen aren't taking the title for granted after Borja Iglesias. They're pushing hard for oh, Desiree Due for Ren. But this boy. kid's 18. He's a child. He's so good, Gab. He's just so good. I think they know Vert is going to go at some point. And right now, if you were trying to find a replacement for Vert, not, not as the finished product like Vert is right now, but. I think Desiree Doué is just amazing. He really is an amazing talent. Sure. And I think, to be fair, not just Bayer Leverkusen, but Bundesliga in general, of, very often looks at Ligue 1 and those young players to bring them over, whether right. it's Super Meccano, Ligue 1 or Ligue 2. Uh, and Doué, they've offered 20 million. I don't, think, I don't think this is enough anyway. He's worth already more than that. Well, I was going to ask about that, right? If 20 million is a credible bid, even though you might have to spend more, right? In what world is, and this guy's that good, wouldn't you expect Premier League teams to rock up with like 30 million? If Aaron Wan-Bissaka yeah. is worth 50 million then, yeah, yeah. and Armando Broja, then 
Yeah, 100%. I, I'm, I'm a bit surprised. I mean, or maybe he, because... Could he be the next Sofian Buffal who never quite makes it? No, he's better than Buffal, I think. Buffal's and he's a different, it's a right. different position. But I just think maybe nobody really thought he could live in Jan, which I don't think he can anyway. Right. So you just, you just don't make the move. You don't try to because you know it's not going to happen. But sooner rather than later, he will be either in the Premier League or in one of the other big leagues because he's, he's just that good. Meanwhile, Gab, some are complaining about the lack of transfer moves in the Premier League so far this month. But elsewhere, records are being broken. That's right. And it's our friend. It's John Texter. Oh, How about you, that? John. Breaking records around the we world. We were mean to you. Leon may be having a t- tough time, but, but Bochafogo, um, they just spent $20 million, uh, which is a record for yep. the Brazilian League in, in terms of incoming transfers, to bring Luis Enrique back to uh Back to Brazil, Serie A, after just one season at Betis. Now, I just find this slightly curious in the sense that 20 million for Botafogo is a ton of money. I think it's a ton of money for John Texter as well, yeah. frankly. Um, I, he was at Betis for a year, but he didn't do well at Betis. He wasn't great. He was kind of in and out of the side. He was an automatic starter. You know, is this the value of a top eight player? I, I know he's young, but wouldn't you have thought that... Know, could they do this stinky money. thing where they loan him and they say, oh, yeah, we'll pay you $30 million to make it uh, permanent. And then Luis Enrique says, ha, oh, no, I have Saljaja. I'm not going back. I'm going to stay here in Rio. I, I don't know. It's a strange it seems one. like a lot of money. Yeah, it's a really strange one. For Luis, Luis Enrique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, not, yeah. He's what he is. No, yeah, who's talented, I think, and still very young. And he's like 23. He's not that young. No, true, true. But I mean, still, there's still time for him to develop into something, someone better than what he is. But yeah, I, I just thought that's a lot of money. Really a lot of money. Jordan are through in the Asian Cup with a 3-2 win over Iraq. Jules, there were ugly scenes at the end that got some of our colleagues banned um, for the reaction. We'll get into that. But just the game itself. Mad. Unreal. Unreal, really. Uh, they were 2-1 up. And then when after Amen, going a goal down, yeah, after going a goal down, Amen scored, celebrate, gets a uh, score for two one, not one one two one. In at the time, pretty much, uh, thinking that they've won it. The celebration, he gets sent off. I think there was actually about fifteen minutes left to play. Fifteen, when, when I think that, it was when, just ten when minutes. When that happened, and also they had no, they used all the substitutions at that point. Yeah. So so they they finished again with ten men and Jordan, who have. Altamari, who's a lovely player who plays for Montpellier in Ligue 1, who's just a wonderful left-footed kind of Messi type of player, scores to qualify them in the 95th and 97th minute. Yeah, they it made a 2-2, two, two, fifth minute of injury time. Incredible. 3-2, I mean, literally a buzzer beater, because I, I think they had six minutes of time out of yeah, yeah, And then it, it was the last kick. Of the goal. It was the last kick. Yeah. And, and after then after that, the game... Yeah, some Iraqi journalist... Um, Molested, no, not molested. What is uh, the they name? assaulted. Yeah, assaulted. They, sorry, assaulted. Um, uh, Jose Casas, who is the uh, the Iraq head coach, who used Spanish. to work Spanish, used to work with Luis Enrique when Luis Enrique was head coach of the national, the Spain national team. He was his assistant, uh, who looked so shocked. I mean, to be fair, I don't think I think this is. You must be so disappointed by the result anyway. Then you go into a presser to answer questions, and then you get assaulted by people. Who are supposed to be like, who are journalists who are doing their work? It's just it's just like so hard to. Yeah. I, I wonder figure. if they would have assaulted, uh, assaulted Eamon for getting a, a, for, for getting himself sent, sent off. off. Yeah, um, dude, celebrate after the game. That's nice. But uh, yeah, they, they, I, you you feel for him, and it's funny because these weren't the only this wasn't the only case of journalist misbehavior. The um, 
Association of International Sport, uh, Sporting Press, or AIPS, who's kind of the umbrella trade organization for, for sports journalists, uh, their African division yeah. released this vicious statement complaining about the behavior of people in press boxes oh, yeah, at the I African Cup of Nations, I which I thought was incredible. But did you see the guy dancing I, with his accreditation, half naked? I did not. No, yeah, like, I've, I, I'm assuming that's who they're talking about. I've voyant fan. Yeah, that was ridiculous. So it, it happens, and I got to tell one of my. <laughs> so obviously, you should know. Like, okay, if your country wins a World Cup, and Jules, you've been there. Yeah. Uh, you might fist pump a little bit, but there are limits to what you do. One limit is you don't wear colors in the press box. You, yeah. You try to maintain a certain level of professionalism. My worst example of this was the 2014 World Cup final, Germany against Argentina. This dude rocks up in the press box, and this is, he had three things wrong with him, right? So number one, he was wearing a Germany shirt, and you don't wear colors in the press box. Number two, he was wearing, he was not German, had no links to Germany. He was just a fan of Germany, which right. if you're not German and you don't have any links to Germany and you're a fan of Germany, it's probably something wrong with you, right? I mean, it's, 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 like, it's like, honestly, it's, 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 it's like being a fan of the police. I, I don't, I, whatever, right? And thirdly, it was a Lucas Podolsky shirt. Right. Like, so all that? sorts of levels of wrong here on this one, right? And no, I asked, the guy wasn't Polish either. Okay. Um, you've said that story before. I, 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 I hate it. People I do what they it. want. What? There was loads of Argentina uh, journalists who had Argentina shirt in the World Cup final in 2022. Yeah. I, it's okay. I don't and if you watch Captains of the World on Netflix, where you see me, you see how I celebrate when we come back into that yeah, game yeah, too. Yeah, you do this. This is a fist pump. Yeah, it is a fist pump. That's a you're fist allowed. pump. You're fist allowed. pump is, is allowed. When you're not German and you're wearing a Podolsky shirt, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Whatever. Gav, uh, we, did, we did predictions for the Africa Cup of Nations. Let's do the same for the Asian Cup quarterfinal. Okay, now... I have watched a lot less of the Me Asian too. Cup than I have of the African Cup of Nations. So please, fans of people who folks from the AFC, please give me a pass on this. We're just having a little bit of fun with this yeah. because I've only watched highlights. Yeah. So we have uh, Tajikistan against Jordan. Yeah. Um, Jordan, I don't think are that good from what I saw against. I mean, they, they, I think Iraq, Iraq should have beaten them. Yeah, they should have. They should have. Won. I've they not seen Tajikistan. I like the idea of a stand other than Uzbekistan uh, advancing in the AFC. Like so that. I'm going to go for the Tajiks here. No, nah, I'm going to go for the uh, Jordan Messi, Altamare, to score again and to qualify his team. Australia against South That's Korea. The game. That is the game. That is the game. I think Australia have been really Ooh. underwhelming so far in this competition. No, they don't look good. And I'll go for Jorgen, of course. We got to go. We got to go for our man Jorgen. Yeah. Iran against Japan. And by the way, you might have noticed this, the sort of the four on paper outstanding teams. Uh, well, actually... Face each other, you mean? Yeah. Are facing each other, right? Yeah. Iran against Japan. And uh, you could add Saudi on paper to that, but of course, yeah, but they it, screwed it, it up for themselves. Know. Yeah. Who you got? Ooh, Iran, Japan is another really, really good one. I, I think the Japanese and Ito is, has hit a lot of controversy and um, with, with the alleged... Um, sexual assault that he's facing in back home in Japan. So I'm not sure if the Japanese are really in the right state of mind. I go Iran, I think, in a very solid way. I'm very torn here because I know a ton of Iranians. Uh, but of course, my, heart, my just, heart will always be with Japan where I spent four of the happiest years of my life. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Qatar against another yeah. stand, Uzbekistan. Yeah. But 
Uzbekistan kind of a different stand because in the realm of stands, they actually have a football tradition and, and pretty good players. Yeah, and they had they had some really great ones in the past too. Uh, to be fair, I haven't seen either Qatar or Uzbekistan in this tournament, so I go Qatar because I don't know. Because you because love the contribution just, to yes, world football, yeah, yeah, exactly. I will obviously go for Uzbekistan. Ah, exactly. Perfect. Jules, big Vitinha, who cost Marseille thirty-two million a year ago. Maybe that's where the Armando Broja valuation comes yeah, from. Maybe he's on his way to Genoa on loan. Does this make sense to he you? Is they wait? Wouldn't wouldn't they, Wolves or Forest or I don't know if you've been watching him and he's, he missed that massive chance I, I was at joking. the weekend as well. I'm joking. Monaco. No, 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 but. I think when you saw him at Braga before, and especially the hat-trick that he scored in the Europa League last season, you thought, okay, wow, there's a player there. And then maybe there is. He's still quite young. Marcet just didn't have the patience to wait longer. It's been a year. He's, he arrived last January, so a year ago. And they need some money, so there's an, there's a, there's an option to buy. And they just wanted him out, uh, right. which leaves you with kind of an Obama young, pretty much on his own up front, some youngsters, and then you can always play Iliman Ndiaye or somebody like that. I don't know. I'm Whereas Big Vitinha will be competing with uh, Italy international Retegi yeah. for a spot in the front line. Yeah, exactly. fit again. I'm interested to see how he does in uh, Genoa. Eh? Udinese have had an appeal over the stadium closure for the racial abuse director directed sorry, at Mike Menon partially upheld. You okay with that? I'm in two minds. So what they did was that that, that stand will remain closed. Yeah. The rest of the stadium um, will be open. The reasons for doing it are I mean, we've said it. Udinese took this very seriously. They've already banned five players. Uh, five players. They've already banned five fans. They've helped identify um, another eight, I think, who are likely to um, to be prosecuted. Uh, and they condemned this straight away. They didn't come out with this nonsense about, well, we didn't hear it, blah, blah, blah. And to be fair, it wasn't very audible. Mike Mignan said he only heard it when he went to pick up the ball. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he presumably wasn't a lot of people. That said, I think this comes from the fact that when the match was interrupted, a lot of people in the stadium booed Mike Magnan. They didn't boo him. They didn't abuse him racially. No, but no, yeah. You have to get around the idea that if you feel racially abused, if the referee and, and the observers who are there say somebody's being racially abused, the rules state we stop the game, you stop the game and you respect that. You don't yeah. boo somebody for applying their rights. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I why I mean. it was important to leave the sanction, at least for that part of the stadium. Um... But again, you don't want to create a situation where I think Udinese, for doing the right thing, for doing the important thing, for getting these people banned, you know, then get further punished. Because yeah. as a club, you wonder what more they could have done. Plenty of drama in the Women's Champions League, Jules. What do we need to know? Other than the fact that Roma threw it away. They were 1-0 up against Ajax. So really, the Group C was the only one worth... Uh, watching for the last for match day six because everybody PSG, Ajax, Bayern, and Roma could all qualify. It was the, again uh, like for the PSG men's side, the the group where everybody could still qualify with one game to go. And to be fair, it was incredible. It was incredible because you mentioned Roma; they were one nil up at some point away to Ajax. Yeah, at some point it was. Uh, so PSG and Bayern were qualified. PSG and Roma, Bayern and Ajax, PSG and Ajax. And in the end, it's a last-minute equalizer for PSG away in Munich to make it 2-2 that qualifies them and make them top the group because 
in in uh, in the other game, it was a draw between Roma and uh, and Ajax. It was just incredible. And and Bayern, by the way, at two two in the ninety six minutes scored a goal. And had they won that game against PSG, they yeah, would have qualified. PSG yeah. would have been knocked out. She's offside. Yeah, but she's not just way offside. offside. She's way offside. We, yeah, she's way offside. And I, I'm going to say this is a male player, female player. You're a moron. You're an absolute moron. There's eh, maybe in the excitement she didn't realize. You're a professional footballer. No, I actually think this actually hurt her because she's so far offside. She's really offside. Uh, the teammate must have thought who 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 passed the ball must have thought oh something happened. Otherwise, she wouldn't be standing there. She'd be getting back on side. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I it's the way she celebrates. I mean, maybe maybe she didn't realize. Maybe I don't know. Sometimes you don't know if behind you there's no players covering you. You don't know that. That's for, that's true. There's not a what? A player covering you. So so she's facing that. She's receiving the ball. She doesn't know what's behind her. Maybe there's a player. She's like player. three meters offside. But she doesn't know. She's offside compared to the player that she sees. She doesn't know behind her. There might be someone covering her. So you yeah, have to there, play there could for be. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So she's she's on the left hand side of the pitch. She's looking across. There's nobody across. Could there be a Paris no, Saint Germain player hiding by the you corner flag on the other side? Maybe. No, you just don't know. You I just don't want to be harsh know. on her, but it, it, it was a ton of drama. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were me and my my middle one was so happy that. Because uh, on the angle that we were watching the game with, you could not really. We thought she was offside, but you could not see it properly. Um, but then you see the replay, and you're like, yeah. And then we're like, "Come on!" And my girl, Grasge Yoro, she's the boss. She's so good. Former Celta captain Hugo Mayo is going on trial for sexually assaulting the Espanol mascot. Gab, this is far from a joke. It is, and we think mascot and jokes and stuff like that. But I think this is a very serious case. This happened back in 2019. He was playing for Celta. They were playing against Espanol. Um, in Madrid, uh, Espanol, the, their mascots are parakeets. They have yeah. periquito and periquita, a uh, male and female parakeet. And as you come out, it's customary, you know, they, uh, as they do. And I'm not a huge fan of mascots interacting with the players, but some people liked it, whatever. Um, you know, he kind of shakes hands or high fives the, the male mascot. And then the female mascot, you can see it in the video, he, yeah, he embraces her. Yeah. So she's alleged that, as part of the embrace, she's, he put his hands uh, underneath her costume and started fondling her breasts. Um, he denies this. A trial date has now been set. By the way, this happened in 2019. It's now 2024. It's a I, long time. I come from the country of the, with the slowest moving justice in the world, so I'm used to this crap in yeah. Italy. I don't understand why it takes Spain five years to set a trial date on this one. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of that. He's in um, he's in Brazil where he plays for for Internacional now. Um, I'm glad this woman came forward. Uh, I, I I just think of somebody taking liberties in front of thirty thousand people like that. You you can't have that. No, definitely. 2026 World Cup final venue is set to be decided on very Ooh. soon, Jules, possibly this weekend. Okay. Yeah. We've got three candidates. Yeah. New York. Yeah. Or really exit 16W. It doesn't matter. The old giant stadium. Yeah, but still. Uh, in New Jersey. Uh, Dallas or LA. In a, very in a very selfish way, and you and I will be there. I would rather New York or LA than Dallas, simply because we would spend the days before there, a few days after, and I would rather be in either the East Coast there or the West Coast there more than in the heat in the central of the country, but that's just It's going to be hot in Yeah, yeah, but still, LA I would rather be, yeah. Being in the hot, it would be very hot in Dallas too. I would rather be either 
east or west. Okay, so I'm in two minds about this. Um, obviously, if it's in New York, I can pop down to Philly and get some cheesesteaks. Yeah. Equally. Surely has your favorite. It's your favorite. I actually think from the tournament perspective, I think Dallas might make more sense. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. First of all, it's an absolute pain in the backside getting from Manhattan, which is true. where many of these people will be, to uh, Giant Virginia, Stadium yeah, or yeah. whatever the hell it's called now. Met, is it MetLife Met, Stadium? Yeah, right? MetLife. Secondly, much as I am skeeved by the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones and everything to do with that, you have to admit that is... I would say it's the best stadium no, out of yeah, the street yeah, three because be. people really like SoFi in LA, but it is a pretty special sport. Yeah. That stadium has a roof. You can air condition it. So you can play football in conditions similar to the ones God intended. Not that God intended air conditioning in stadiums, but I don't think God intended to be playing in 35 degree uh, Celsius heat and 120% yeah. humidity, which is what it's likely to be in New York. And it's not going to be much cooler in LA. No. Um, Dallas will be super hot outside. So L and LA, you rule out LA? What, the traffic? I don't rule it. I mean, traffic's not going to be great anywhere um, yeah. to get to the stadium. But I just think Dallas might be they're used to they get 90,000 people or however many people to every game they're used to transporting people from downtown to 20 30 miles away um and it's in the middle of the country so maybe there's an appeal there i i, I get the logic with please dallas. i want la i want la or new york please. i just want to go there just so i can spit on the dallas cowboys oh, that's, that's my that's real why. reason yes yeah that's you go and ransack the shop <laughs> Schalke new fear I in serious danger of getting relegated Gabi from the German second division to the third division and if they do Sky Germany are reporting that they could go bust and disappear yeah so there's 18 teams in the German story. second division and they are 15th on 20 points which is the same points as Eintracht Braunschweig and Hansa Rostock two other teams yeah. with pass in the top yeah four, of course uh, who are 16th and 17th such a competitive um, Bundesliga as well as well um so obviously you know Schalke's decline over the years uh, and the enormous amount of debt that they have. It's also to do with the setup of the club in Germany. It's the, I suppose it's the negative side of the 50 plus yeah. one rule um, to do with accountability. The fact that they could go bust has to do with some of the limitations that, that exist in the German third flight where you know, it's essentially semi-professional. I think the authority should look at this and say... Can we do a soft landing for this club? Because if Schalke goes bankrupt, yeah. first of all, the creditors aren't really going to get their money back. Yeah, you can go. they go bankrupt, they form a Phoenix club, and they come back up, right? That's what's going to happen. I, I think they need to look at ways or mechanisms, maybe it's spending restrictions, yeah. whatever it is, because you've got one of the best stadiums in all of Europe. You've got one of the best fan bases fan base, in all yeah, of for Europe. Sure. Um, Great history. A tremendous history. And it just frankly seems like a massive act of self-harm yeah. if they're allowed to go bankrupt. So don't do them favors, but find a way to keep an institution like this yeah, alive, yeah. especially because you don't want people pointing to the 50 plus one and saying, ah, look, this is what happens if you don't have Dietmar Hopp or a big corporation or, or, or Red Bull behind you. You know, um, It's been terribly mismanaged. And take the opportunity, too, to write better rules, yeah. better rules of governance so this situation doesn't happen again. Neymar may be injured, but he's in the news, Jules. He fired back at accusations that he had put on some weight during his rehab. And also, he's facing another paternity suit. <laughs> what was really funny is that he said, overweight, yes. 
Okay, well, thank you. We can all see it. Fat, no. It's muscle. And he lifts he lift his T-shirt. I guarantee you it's not muscle because he lifts his T-shirt up. And, and there's a six pack. <laughs> I mean, there's no pack at all. It's just, uh, there's no pack. It's just, <laughs> which is, listen, he's never been really good with fitness. We know that. When he was younger, it was okay because he was young. As soon as he hit over 27, he struggled. Now he's injured. And in Brazil, it's probably even more difficult. The man is injured. What do you are? You want him to do squats? But like, why are you, why are you fighting back? For, like, what he's saying, like haters and like some swearing words and bad words. Mm. Just, just, just own okay. it. Say, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not playing. Yeah, I'm eating well. Yeah, I'm like, I'm eating too much. But like, do you know what I mean? I'm enjoying my food. I don't know. Say, just say something. It doesn't matter. You're not playing anymore. You don't need to be fit right now. Yeah, you have no. to be fit when you go and be back on the pitch if you there's, ever maybe be back there's on the an pitch. element of vanity too yeah but speaking of owning it he's been uh, uh he's been hit with another paternity suit in yeah. barcelona yeah i chose what what i don't understand here is the mother of the supposed child is who's asking for something like thirty five thousand dollars a month in uh in child support payments yeah. the kid is 10 years old oh, so i'm thinking to myself did it take you 10 years to figure out that Neymar might be the well, dad. Yeah, must be. Maybe he's just at 10 years old and he's really good at football. And thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, he puts on a lot of weight. <laughs> Stop it. Cristiano Ronaldo's injury means that we won't get to see the much hyped friendly between Al Nasser and Inter Miami that would have pitted him against Leo Messi. I mean, the game will still happen, but there won't be Cristiano in it. You must be disappointed because I know, I know you were yeah, going to watch yeah, it. I mean, look, this is what, what, what we show up to work for, right? For yeah. this, the idea of having these two face each other no look hey i'm i'm, I'm sorry about it um i feel bad i i, I it's think a real cristiano, injury do you think is what? it a real injury or he just doesn't want to i think it's a real injury okay. and actually if you're cristiano though you're if you're, you will get injured because you're older better you get injured now than once the saudi pro league starts up again yeah and uh and you've got big things to to play for on messi by the way He's getting stick. There was an article in the uh, Miami Herald from one of their lead columnists who, and, and, and she said, I think Michelle Kaufman is her name. She complained that Messi doesn't, hasn't given any interview. There's been very little access to Messi in into Miami. And I kind of want to say like, if you'd followed the rest of his career, <laughs> you the would, dude never talked. This talks. is why he does. Yeah, like, he this never is kind of like how he operates, exactly, yeah. for better or worse. Yeah. Anyway, Jules. This brings us to an end. But we got to come back next My week. My God, some massive game this weekend. Arsenal hosting Liverpool. How about yeah. that? Inter against uh, Juventus, Juventus in Serie yeah. So much going on. Uh, so we're going to be back. And until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gab jewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gab jewels now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gab jewels.